You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. Yo, what up, everybody? It's your boy, Al Mega. Welcome to a brand new Comic Crusaders Podcast. First, but today I have a co-pilot. He's an amazing writer himself, comic creator, fellow, you know what I mean? Doing his thing. Let me introduce the one, the only, Nemesis. What's hey, poppin', kiddo? what's going on, brother? Ready? Glad to be here. Back from a week sitting by a pool in San Diego, so I'm ready to get back into it. Well, I, I can't spoil you like that, all right? <laughs> no? But we will get spoiled because we're about to talk to two awesome people, two amazing creators, all right? Let me introduce first the lady, the lady in the house right here. Her name I will say in a minute, but let me say this, all right? She has been out there doing her thing on titles, you know, via TKO, Black Mask. I mean, she is ill. Ill! I mean, you saw the picture right in the background. She has her hands all over that. Let me introduce the one, the only future legend, Leanna Kangas. Swepa, how you doing? Hey, how are you guys? Uh, we're, doing, we're doing great. Excited to talk to you about this project over here. Uh, and let me introduce your partner in crime, all right? Now, homie, been around, too, fighting for stuff in D.C. and everywhere. I mean, doing this for Batman and Swamp Thing, amongst a whole other stuff and his own own goodies. And now, also in IDW with this amazing project, you know, with you, the one, the only, Scott, Brian, Wilson. What's popping? Hey, what's up, man? Thank you. No, no, you guys rock, yo. Let me tell you. Folks, wait till you get your hands on this book in August, the 17th. You need to pre-order, like, ASAP, all right? But we're going to get insight into this amazing story. That was a Kickstarter, and it got picked up by IDW, all right? Shout out to IDW for recognizing awesomeness when it, when they saw it, all right? So I don't know if you've seen the show before, but we got to get into the origin stories first. So ladies first on this one, hey. So, Liana, talk to me. Where you, where, where you from? Where you grew up? And what was your first taste of pop culture? Oh, man. Um, I grew up in a small town in Florida on the Space Coast. Um, I lived in Coco recently. Oh, yeah. So, pretty close to there. Actually, really close. Um, and I think my first taste in pop culture was probably... Uh, my mom showed us the Star Wars movies, uh, you know, all awesome. the time. So Shout out uh, to moms. Like the Labyrinth <laughs> and Dark Crystal and all that stuff. She was hugely obsessed with Jim Henson. So um, and then eventually, you know, comics started collecting in our house, like old issues of like Green Lantern and things like that. And um, I just ended up liking that stuff anyway. So I think nerdy parents equal nerdy kids. Yay! Shout and out then, to nerdy parents. And then you end up working on Star Wars Adventures. How was that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was dream come true. I actually texted my brother and he didn't believe me. So wow, uh, it was a wonderful, like, <laughs> full circle moment. Full circle. Well, yeah. That's fire. What, what, don't tell me he picked the call. You called him and he's like, come on, stop lying. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's totally like that. Um, so that Very was kind of cool too because it was Luke and Leia, you know. So I could be like, I told you, and also, you know, great sibling story. Yeah, Very absolutely. Cool. So, Mr. Wilson, what's popping? Where you from? Where you grew up at? And how, what was your first taste of that pop culture? I grew up in semi-rural Georgia, and uh, you know, I loved uh, Star Trek and Star Wars a lot when I was a kid. And uh, who introed that to you? Was it self-discovery or somebody put it on and said, yeah. watch this? Yeah, I think I, I think I probably had some Star Wars action figures. I remember seeing my dad taking me to see Return of the Jedi in the theater when I was six. Uh, mm. I think that might have been my first movie in the theater. Um, but I, I really liked Star Trek a whole lot, um, probably more than Star Wars, which is still the case. But um, I. I I liked I liked uh, Star Trek a whole lot, and it was on TV a lot uh, where I grew up, so I could just watch it all the time. You know, this is before VHS, really, before DVDs. So we just kind of oh, like, the you're talking about the Betamax days, <laughs> man. Before, yeah, pretty much. So, but it was on a lot, so I could watch it a lot. So that was great. Uh, Doctor Who as well was on um, was on uh, PBS, I think, 
uh, like 10 o'clock on Friday night. So I'd watch that. Um, but I was, I was always into comics from a really young age too, probably like maybe first, second grade. My grandfather took me to this big newsstand near his house, um, that just had loads of comics and, you know, I would just, I just bought tons of, I didn't know what any of it was. So I would just buy tons of random stuff. Um, and, and then I would just sort of go through it and, you know, read it all and see what I liked and, you know, go sort of went from there. So I I have to ask the question. Original series or next generation? Which one? Or or something else? Uh, original series, but I I, I watched um, I watched the uh, you know uh, Encounter at Farscape or not Farscape Encounter at Farpoint um, mm-hmm. the night it, the night it uh, the night it, it it premiered. So you know I watched I would say I watched most of the first three or four seasons of Next Gen as it came out on TV, and then I was in high school by that point so i was busy working in a burger joint and things like that at night so i kind of missed some of the later seasons but um i'm I'm, I'm all caught up now i've seen everything many times at this point so well there's your there's your lead-in right there working in a burger joint yeah oh my god we're gonna talk about that we're gonna talk about that but hold on we got no sign else here before we get into that before we get into that i really want to know also what made you decide to get into like the creative process so liana a floor is yours on that. Like, when was the day that you said, "I okay, I want to take this more serious"? What happened? Um, uh, my grandfather, my late grandfather, actually, he was a professional artist, and he, I think, he got his master's and almost his PhD in art and art education. Um, so I had actually applied for Massachusetts College of Art originally, where he went, and I, uh, I think it was not able to move away from home. And I ended up just doing community college classes and ended up enrolling for a different college altogether. But in the interim, I had actually did uh, like life drawing classes, like art class in high school, I took AP art. um, And I think that's probably what spiraled it is like, I guess, traditional teaching in high school and like community college, but then didn't finish college with it and just kind of found my own path. Like I tried everything like oil painting, all that stuff, but I always was drawn to comics, like uh, storytelling, you know, on page. So. I was wondering just to follow up on that. How did you get, I happen to have a child who is in school for art right now in community college. It was like, how did you come to that, you know, come for that fine art background into comics, because that's always such an interesting, there's not really an educational path out there to be a comic artist, you know? Well, SCAD actually, SCAD and Kubert School have pretty robust programs for uh, doing comics, but I didn't know that um, at the time. And I actually uh, applied for Ringling as well, which is weird to mention because I had forgotten all about that. Um, But I just like, I couldn't afford, uh, I was very poor. I could not afford almost couldn't afford community college, to be honest. Mm -hmm. So um, it was difficult. But what I actually ended up doing was like local workshops and classes when I could afford, like those are a lot cheaper. And so I kind of just kept in the art community. And like, I would actually convince my grandpa to do art. So I had somebody to do it with. And my high school best friend ended up actually doing something similar, but she went to these high profile art colleges. So it was kind of like living in the lens of like her experiencing Mm -hmm. that. And me being like, I'm kind of glad I didn't do that. Um, and I got a whole bunch of like real life work uh, stuff, much like burger flipping uh, mm-hmm. instead. So you were a burger flipper too? I was a sandwich schlepper. Okay. <laughs> schlepper. Yeah. I think it's so interesting though. It's like, it seems like that with everything you find people, it's like that real world experience almost gives you a better education on doing something than absolutely and I think it makes you choose what you actually want to do because you've done so many things so Mm -hmm. you can kind of gauge like what each thing takes so nice nice what about you big Scott what's popping what what was the day that you took that stuff seriously like all right uh, I really want to get into this and, and, and step in and what was what was your first you know opportunity like yeah, I mean, I, I I always wanted to be a writer. I mean, as far back as I can remember, I always wrote. I always wanted to do it. And, you know, um, I I went to graduate school, study writing, you know, because I, I realized I was graduating college and had no uh, p- possible career paths and was completely unemployable. 
So I was like, well, I'll go to graduate school for writing. That'll buy me another couple of years. Right. So uh, I did that. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, you know, that, that was a good experience for me because it really gave me two years just to read and write. Um, and, and I, I really, um, I really put my head down and, and worked hard for a couple of years. That's also, you know, I, like a lot of people, I got to high school, I kind of got out of comics for a while, especially cause I was in high school in the nineties and comics weren't at their greatest point. So, you know, I, I wasn't as, I wasn't that interested, but when I got, you know, around 2001, I, I, I just, um, I guess it was dark Knight three came out and, and I, you know, I randomly grabbed it at like Barnes and Noble or something. And then like the next day I was in a comic shop, just buying all sorts of stuff. It just reignited this feeling that I had forgotten about, you know, um, and, you know, so I really haven't stopped since, you know, since then. So it's, you know, I read them a lot as a kid through, you know, middle school, took a couple of years off in high school, college, and then been pretty voracious since then. But, um, I, uh, uh, I knew, you know, I always want to be a writer. I never really thought about reading, about writing comics. It was one of those weird things where like, it just, it never occurred to me. Like I'm kind of dumb sometimes. And it just like never occurred to me that that was something I could do. It was something that, you know, I liked reading comics and, you know, um, I, I recognized that there were writers of comics who I liked. Um, but something in my brain had never clicked because I was going to write novels. I was going to write, you know, big, heavy, literary, whatever, you know. Um, and, you know, I, I just I ended up uh, I actually ended up I uh, got a job at DC Comics when I got out of school. Um, right out of school? I, wow. Yeah. I mean, not doing not doing anything I was qualified okay. for, you know, or studied to do. I just <laughs> happened to, you know, happened to, 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 to sort of look into it. I worked there for 11 years um, and it was there, you know, that I really learned like how comics are made, because before then I didn't have any friends who read comics. I didn't talk to them about any, about them with anybody, you know, uh, and it was there where I learned how the industry worked and I w- learned how comics are made. And I it was a really good education for me. Um and then it was, you know, as as I was leaving the company in 2015, I think, um, that I realized, like, well, I'm like, because when I worked at DC, I wasn't able to write any comics, not just for DC, but for anybody. Right. Um, so it never occurred to me. I was just God, oh, just keep working on novels and short stories and things I had been working on. Uh, and as I was leaving or getting ready to leave, um Mark Doyle, who is actually the executive editor of IDW original now, um, he was, um, the bat group editor at the time and he was buddy, you know, we were buddies and I, you know, I was getting ready to, to, to go on to whatever I was going to do next. Um, and he was like, well, since you're leaving, you can write comics now. Right. And I was like, Oh okay. Okay. yeah, yeah, I guess I, I guess I can, you know, it just, it was like this thing. Like I said, I'm dumb sometimes. It just didn't, it didn't click in my head. You know, my wife will, uh, she will she will vouch for that that sometimes things just don't click with me the right way but um, listen I, I think every wife will always say that about I, I was, their hubby. Yeah. <laughs> so so you know I, I i said yeah sure i i could and then that was sort of my, my it was my you know it took a it took a it took a few months to figure out something but you know that was really my first you know my first opportunity but i really started thinking about it at that point you know um whereas before i was just going to oh i'm going to go do something else now and i'm going to keep working on these novels i'm writing and that'll be my thing you know so um, now it's like the, you know, I'm, I owe, I owe my entire career to Mark. So it's, um, shout out a, Mark, kiddo. Yeah, shout out. Shout yeah, out Mark, to Mark. Rose. Um, so yeah. Okay. Now we're going to say something cause, uh, Andrew for the type of way he goes, this is the best. <laughs> I mean, maybe the first half, but the latter half, absolutely not. <laughs> Drew <laughs> likes, mean? Drew likes to talk shit. He likes to stir <laughs> the pot. <laughs> yeah. And then we have uh, Andrew as well. You know, who's your favorite? Another Andrew asking, who's your favorite comic character? So uh, I'll let you answer that one, Scott, and I want Leanna to answer as well. Oh, man, I don't know. There's so many. I, I don't know. Probably, I don't know, Lone Wolf and Cub or something. You Because know. you were a lone wolf growing up? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, something like that. I don't know. I, I don't really think of it in terms of characters. I mean, I like, there's a lot of characters I like. You know, I like Daredevil a lot. I like Conan. I like um yeah batman i like you know lex luthor i like um there's a lot of characters that i i i find uh constantine i like Mm. quite a bit um there's a lot of characters that i i like a lot um i think more in terms of like books you know like 
like books I like, you know, I think from hell is the greatest comic ever made, Ooh. you know, yeah. um, that's, that one's just can't, the, the, the influence that that has on me, especially, you know, in my, in my later, you know, as I'm older, the, 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 the influence that book has on me as a writer, um, really can't be, you know, really can't be, uh, understated or overstated. I'm not sure which one it is right now, but you know what I mean? Um, uh, so yeah, you know, you know, so that, that, that would be my, Usagi, your, your Jimbo, I like a lot too. Um, mm. so yeah. Very cool. I'm kind of like Scott where I have a whole bunch of favorites. Uh, like growing up, I liked a lot of DC stuff and I really liked Peter Parker, Spider-Man. Uh, okay. Tim Drake was my favorite for the longest, I think. Still is. Like the only statues I collect are mostly Tim Drake or uh, yeah, you know, Robin or Robin. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but I actually would have to say Dylan Dog now. Um, Ooh. by far the best personality, I think, of the weirdest character dynamic I've ever seen. And I just can't stop. Re- I've reread stuff. Like, it's really good. Mm-hmm. So just a quick follow-up for both of you. If, except, you know, outside of your own original stuff, right now, if someone came to you and offered you this opportunity, your dream opportunity to draw and or write a character or series, what would it be? You know. Gotham Central. Okay, cool. Very cool. If he uh, was mute, he would have blown up right now. <laughs> I think any of the birds of prey for me, which is funny that it's also DC, but Ooh, yeah. yeah, very nice. Very All right, cool, so cool. no, no hate on Marvel. Just saying that you know they have, yeah. they have like DC has like Marvel, iconic characters. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's a there's a lot of Marvel behind me, but you have to know up higher is all DC stuff. So it's like... fantastic. So. Um, talk about now just you guys hooking up before we dive into the book. What's the origin of the bromance, if you will, of how you guys got together for this amazing project called True Cult that was the Kickstarter? We're going to get, you know, I'm going to show you the, the, the original Kickstarter so that way you guys could appreciate the art, the paneling, the verbiage, because again, there is a story behind the burger flipping. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, you want to take this one? Um, yeah, you know we we I, we I th- so I think the I think the version we've sort of figured out is we both had a story in um, the Where We Live anthology from Image, Ooh. and um, I met Liana at East Coast Comic Con in 2017, I think. That's the one um, in Jersey, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and. Uh, I met her there and said, Hey, I think we're in the same anthology. And, you know, we chatted for a bit, uh, kept in touch. Uh, and then we ended up doing a signing for where we live, um, at a shop in Jersey. And, um, at somewhere in there, someone had emailed us separately about being in another anthology. And I mentioned it to her at the time. And we were like, well, why don't we do a story together? So we did a two pager in the, um, in the, uh, good fight anthology. Um, and we had a lot of fun working together and we just like, Hey, well, you know, we should, we should do a, a book together sometime, you know? Um, and, and because, you know, there's a ton of artists that I have the, we should do a book together sometime with, you know, but it, it really takes the right project, the right timing and the right relationship to make it happen. Um, and you know, our, we should do a book together sometime was like a week later was true cult. Um, a you know, week we were, later, I don't wow, know, it, wasn't, it wasn't. It wasn't shortly <laughs> after. Yeah, it wasn't very long, you know. And and we were chatting, I think, um, over email or on the phone or something. And yeah. she said, uh, she said, you know, I, I I always wanted to draw like an Ocean's Eleven style heist book, um, and I had already been toying with the idea of this fast food heist book. Um, and I said, hey, well, you know. I got a little something like, let me tell you about it. And, you know, we talked about it for I don't know, two or three minutes and we're like, yeah, this is the book. We'll do it, you know? Um, and then we just started kind of slowly working on it. I, I, you know, I think I did a few, a few pages and she did, you know, I think we originally did, um, we did five pages, right? Cause we were going to pitch it around at five pages. Yeah. Something um, like that. And, and, and we realized in the original outline for the book, the heist happens in the middle of the, series right it was a big centerpiece in the middle of the series but we realized with 
if we're going to just pitch it with five pages, we had to have the heist in the first five pages. So we just said, fuck it. We'll put the heist there. You know, we'll move it, you know? So, um, and it worked out better that way. I think this, that, that's the way the story was supposed to be told. So it worked out. Oh but, yeah. Um, yeah. We did. So we did those five pages and, you know, um, you know, we, we started pitching around and, um, the funny thing is we had, we actually had, um, three or four publishers who were interested in it. Um, Ooh. and then the pandemic, we had a green hit. light kind of, yeah. 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 We, nice. we, we were definitely moving toward, you know, something and then, and then the pandemic hit and it just became, okay. Everybody didn't nobody knew what was happening. A lot of people we knew who were doing creator owned books were finding out their books were being canceled. Um, by the publishers were shelved. Yeah. And I said, you know what, if we sign a contract right now, it could be years before it comes out. Right. Um, so I we were like, that well, conversation. we were like, we were like, well, maybe we can just do the book and then we'll just print it ourselves and we can sell it out of the trunk of the car. At we were too impatient. Yeah. We, hey. were like, <laughs> yeah we, were ready to, we were ready to make the book and neither one of us were like swamped with, you know, uh, work from publishers at that time. Right. We were mm-hmm. still very like young in the sort of figuring things out. Um, and and so we just made the made the book, you know, and we we made the we just started making the book, and we we decided, hey, let's just put it on Kickstarter and see what happens, you know. Um, and we knew we were going to make it anyway, like no matter what. So we were like, we could do like we don't have to ask for an exorbitant amount of money, right? Try to raise an exorbitant amount of money. We can do something attainable and just see what we can do, you know. The whole the whole time, the idea was just like let's uh, let's just do the book we want to do. And make yeah. it exactly the way we don't want to do it without any. We're Fair talking about well, this Kickstarter, right? Here. Yeah. So that yeah. was back in 2019, right? Oof, wow. 20, was it 2019 or 2018? Well, it was a pandemic. 2019, so was, yeah. No, it was mm-hmm. 20, 2020 because the pandemic started in 2019. October 2020. Yeah. yeah. I don't wow. remember. Well, whatever it was, it worked out well for us. And, Good. you know, actually, IDW texted me about an hour after we launched it and we're like, hey, What's up with this book? Right. What? So, what? So, you launched and you already got hit up by a publisher within an hour? That's a dream, we, dude. Yeah, we, we actually had a few publishers get in touch with us after we launched. Wow. You, you get visibility that way. Um, but I, IDW from the beginning was like, it, it felt right. It felt really like the publisher for us. Like they, they, we were like, we sort of decided pretty quickly we wanted to go with them. Um, and they were the, you so know, into the idea of like it being metal and Satanism and fast food and like, you know, yeah, they were just great. And they were, and we, we told them, we were like, yeah, we'll, you know, we, we would love to talk to you about doing the book, but we got to finish it first. We're going to finish it for our backers. We're going to do the whole thing. And then yeah. we'll talk. And they were like, all right, we're cool. And they would just check in with us every now and then and be like, Hey, what's so, you know, Hey, you haven't, you haven't gotten rid of this yet. Right. You haven't signed with somebody else yet. Right. So it was, it was, it was really great. They were really great. And they've been great. That's yeah. a dream, and it's wonderful. So, Very you know, cool. how do you put your experience in the fast food industry behind, you know, into this story, being that both, you know, one was a, a, a sandwich flipper and the other being a burger flipper? Well, how, how, how do you did you use that to create this this universe here? There, I mean, it definitely backed. I think the personalities of most of the characters, mm-hmm. okay. uh, a lot of personal experiences that you can kind of just like throw in a pot and mix together and. You have your uh, very specific main characters. Um, Scott has this un, it, unreal, incredible way of writing very relatable characters with very uh, humor surrounding either like personality traits or like things that just happen to them. Um, so I think that was the best part of drawing the entire book too was uh like remember almost getting like PTSD of like reading the script and being like, <laughs> Oh yeah. You know what I mean? I remember that and feeling it and putting it back into the book. I think that's why it turned out so great. Yeah. I think my, 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 my friend told me once, she said, um, she said, you know, all your comics, it, it's just always full of the stuff that is just weird that doesn't really have to do with anything, but it really like builds the world of the comic, you know? And I never thought about it that way until like she said it. And then I kind of looked at it and I was like, Oh yeah. You know, I, but I think like the, the idea is that you take, we both take our experiences that we've had and we just cram it into every panel in some way. We find some way to, um, 
you know, we find some way to to put these things we really experienced everywhere um, to influence the 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 characters and the story and to build. It, it feels like a real world, right? Like when you really start to like think about every page is is yes. uh, uh, um, telling these stories within stories. Um, so I think that was, you know, outside of just the outside of the the um, the nuts and bolts of working in the in the burgers, like you know, the there's a lot of things that get discussed throughout the series, um, like the bun order, filtering the grease, those kind of things that are a hundred percent real things that happen in fast food joints, right? And but they're 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 discussed in the book as like psychological crises, you know, <laughs> um, and 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 I think like just taking all those things and and just and 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 building the book around these tiny moments really helps us both, you know, tell the story. Please tell me you had uh, supervisors with, that were like those twins in the book. We, that was hysterical. Oh, my God. The way they would talk to the staff. My, and I've seen stuff like this. You know, I didn't work in fast food, but I did work at su- in the supermarket as a kid. And, man, those personalities are spot on. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it, it, it isn't about like it, it. Like we wanted this book to be relatable to anybody who has a job they have hated and were disrespected in, right? Um, not just, oh, you had to have worked at Burger King or wherever, right? But anyway, right. like you can have some corporate job at Verizon, right? And you can relate to this, you know? Like, oh, yeah. With with the main character, I was wondering if you could give it a little more background on where that character came from, because I thought it was so interesting, especially in a book that has Satanism and robberies and everything else, is that here's a character who, had, who has an enthusiasm for being a fast food employee that I would say rivals SpongeBob at the Krusty Krab. <laughs> <Yo, laughs> you know? That's the first time I've heard that one. Yeah. Uh, Marty has had a quite a journey of his, the evolution before he hit the page, I think, in terms of um, before we even did the pitch pages, because I think he was originally re, you know, written as like an older, like an older man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and older. yeah. And I think like one of the things that I had asked Scott in the, in the beginning was, I think, I think Marty needs to be a little bit younger, maybe in mm. his thirties or even late twenties, just because like, I feel like that's going to be the most relatable, mm-hmm. but it's in the, on the cusp of like, when you hit that age, when you're like, shit or get off the pot of like a job that you've been at for like eight years and you're like, is this it? Or am I going to move up from here? Or do I do a change? And so Marty, I think, is the precipice of like the ideal version of just being content enough to stay like no change is necessary type thing, which I find to be like, I wish I was more like that sometimes because I'm the type of person to keep going and going and going and like looking for the next thing. Um, And I think that Scott wrote him in a way that's maybe not quite pitiful, but uh, respecting his, like, almost like his decision. But we go into it. I, I think we go into that a lot in all the issues. So I'll pull back. Yeah, I, t- I took, I took, I took some of his, his, the broad strokes of his personality, the, the, the total dedication to his job from a real fast food employee. Um but I I took a lot of the despair out, you know. Um, I wanted to make him overall. He's not a happy person, but he's he has a good attitude despite the the circumstances he finds himself in. So, sure. Yeah, I thought it was interesting because I thought it was interesting you said that because I was talking to Al before you guys had come on, and I had said that I have met people like him while I was working at fast food. So, you know, yeah, yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. absolutely. And how did you select the, the rest of the team that you work with? Cause again, just looking at, you know, again, beautiful artwork, the coloring, the panel usage. I mean, how did you put all this wonderful book together and the idea of the strip mall, you know, coming from Florida, that's all we got over there. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Scott and I were really lucky to work with uh, our current team, which uh, Gab Contreras and I have worked together a lot on previous anthologies and such. So her and I have a really good rapport. I would say we're friends. 
um, it's really easy for us to work together. Mm. And we brought on Jimmy, who's our flatter. Uh, he's actually my old roommate uh, for from college. Um, him and I like would do 24 hour comic day together when we used to go to the comic shop. Oh, where you did that yeah. 24 hour joint? How was that experience before we move on? Oh, I crashed in like five hours. There's no <laughs> way I would never <laughs> like shows a lot for me joining, you know, the comics industry after. Yeah. Um, and then Scott brought on DC, which now, uh, I know him and he's phenomenal and he actually created the logo. Uh, for the series, and we brought in Jaslyn Stone for marketing and do it like helping us with like uh, the Kickstarter and you know world building with merch items and things like that. It's a great team, and I feel like uh, everybody loves the book, so it shows. You know, it really comes out in the pages, and we had a great mm -hmm. time doing it. Um, it's truly, I feel like, a great representation. But Scott and I have a great uh, workflow together because we've been able to work together a lot. And, uh, he actually does layouts sometimes. Um, like it's very back and forth. And like, I think at the beginning, didn't you letter the first? Yeah. I, orig I originally lettered it and then I decided yeah. I wanted DC to do it. I thought he would do a better job. So, and he did, he did a great job. It's just cool. Uh, how much work Scott put into it. Um, you know, as a writer too. So, and, and I'm digging, hold on, I was going to say something, because, you know, this project, it's funny the number you chose, $6,666 was what you guys were looking for, and obviously you did way, way yeah, well, we, so we, kudos we, on that, but why yeah, that we, number, I mean, you got to tie it into the, to the Satanism. Yeah, it's, just the, it's, the, it's the Satanism angle of the book, and we actually wanted to do $6,666.66, but um, Kickstarter doesn't do uh, since so that kind of well, they can't us. give you change come on guys no it's messed up so, <laughs> so we you know we we went with the best we could so yeah mm -hmm. that's where i came from so like i like i said we knew we didn't have to ask for a ton because we were going to do the book anyway and we thought it would have a better chance of success if we didn't have some exorbitant goal we wouldn't spend right. month freaking out you know about trying to get there so now both for liana and scott what was uh idea behind the time period that you placed in because i get the idea so this book comes out in 20 uh what 2020 something like that 2018 um in that time frame but i get the feeling this book is like late 90s early 2000s you know from references to like flip phones and and it's been 15 years since he was buying the leader ford tape and stuff like that so what what how come you guys decided to set it there and how did you go back and set it in that time period and everything? Cause I thought it was an interesting choice. It was kind of cool. So. I, it's cool. That you're like picking up on these little cues, but you know, I, I, we intentionally keep it very vague about when, when the time period is and where, um, and where, yeah. So um, we, we've, we've kept all that pretty vague. Not that it's a big secret or matters to the story, but it was just one of those things where I was like, yeah, no, Marty, definitely still has a vcr you know like no matter, <laughs> yeah. no matter what year it is he's still got a vcr and i was like i just think so do i though <laughs> I, said, I said i think the i think the book should feel like it could be the 80s it could be the 90s it could be 2022 you know that was like the whole thing we just wanted to see like keep it keep it kind of timeless in that way right because I, I think one thing is a uh i think one thing i find a little annoying is is like cell phones in comics, right? Smartphones, you know, in movies and comics. Cause really yes. like, think about this, right? Like every episode of Seinfeld wouldn't happen if they were in an era with cell phones, right? Every so single right. problem on Seinfeld could have been solved with a smartphone. Right. So, um, <laughs> I find, I find that kind of stuff. I just wanted to keep, I didn't want to just introduce like, you know, I mean, they mentioned the internet in the book, I think, um, and they definitely use computers in one scene, but it's very, but it's like a big desktop computer, right? Everything we just tried to keep it is like clunky and, uh, you the know. The OCRT monitors. You yeah, know, exactly. You just wanted to, your arms we, we wanted carried. to keep everything like very vague, you know. If you've ever visited well, like a small town or lived or grew up in a small town, I feel like that's the feel. Like everything's outdated. There's yeah. not new stuff. Pre-Amazon, pre-all that. I definitely got that from your artwork then because it's like it either felt like this is a town that is living in the past or this is a town that's stuck in the past. It's one of the two, you know, yeah. so it, it definitely had that feel. So For sure. cool. We're glad you noticed. And I, I need this uniform in my life. You know, I mean, Burger Lord, Holy Cola. What the hell is Holy Cola? Is it blessed? <laughs> when 
looked at it, it got it had a definite clerks too feel to it as well. You know, so it was like, you know, I was waiting for movies to pop up next door to uh, <laughs> to them or something like that. So. And look yeah. at this, man, <laughs> right there. A- A- Andrew with you there. Definitely Clerks era vibe, man. Yeah, so, it's, so, it's so funny. Who's I would Jay say, and who's signing Bob? <laughs> yeah, I, I was. I mean, I was gonna say, yeah, it's funny because Clerks actually had no, at least. I don't think we ever thought about con- that. conscious influence on the book at all. Yeah, we never even talked about funny. it. So. Like we, I always mention, uh, Good Burger. Yeah, Good Burger and but, Tarantino are like kind yeah. of the two touch points. Welcome just to for the, Good Burger. Yeah. With, I remember. The, <laughs> see the the first fictional character that I kind of referenced with your main character was the guy that uh, Judge Reinhold played in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, right. You know? yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, right. I love that movie. Of course. Yeah, yeah great movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So, yeah, Nevin's yeah. picking up on a whole bunch of stuff. That's also because he's a writer, so he's there studying. Boy. Getting the subtext, I love it. <laughs> yeah, very cool. This is why he needed to be of, here. There's a lot of subtle things in there, and uh, I loved like I picked up on it in the art. I picked up on it, you know. And, and it's interesting you're talking about how you place it too, because it's like back in the 2000s, 90s. I don't think we'd have a weed shop. So yeah, it is like this weird, timeless place uh-huh. to, to figure out where the <laughs> right. hell we are. You know. So. <laughs> I love that scene too. Cause, you know, I partake in herbal refreshments sometimes. Sure. I'll say it like yeah. that. And, and um, yeah, that's the attitude. Just chill, bro. Just yeah. chill. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> but, but there was an arcade with quarters still too. So, yeah. so now you're completely blowing my mind. I don't know when the hell we are. So. The, the funniest <laughs> thing when Scott wrote all that, uh, we had added an extra page of scenes of the robbery. And most of the strip mall stores were actually based off of uh, similar stores in my old hometown. But when we added that extra page, he was like, you have to add a fireplace store. I was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, I have seen those, but where? You know what I mean? And then once you remember and you think about it, you see them everywhere. And you're like, how are they still open? Now you can't stop seeing them. That's well, a genius. I, know. I, yeah. I, I will have to say the one that made me laugh from a drawing perspective and a writing perspective the most was the mattress store. Because I worked in a video store at one point as well, and there was a mattress store across the way. Yeah. That dude looked so lonely and depressed all the yeah. time, just sitting in there. So. Yo, yeah, there's a particular line of what the guy said. This is what I did yesterday, and nobody showed up anyway. I was like, yo, that is hysterical. What a hysterical yeah. thing to, so to just, even think about. Yeah. yeah the, and, oh, sorry, go, ahead. go ahead. No, no. no I was going to say, uh, Zip, you please go. You are the guest. So. Yeah, I was good. Did we did – we, did we ex- we expanded the robbery for the Kickstarter, right? Because in the original pitch, the robbery was just one page. So we, we expanded yeah. then. That's what it was. Okay. I was mm-hmm. trying to remember. Yeah, yeah. It it definitely had that – it's funny you brought up Seinfeld. It's almost like a Seinfeld vibe where each of those little robbery pages, the way you drew it and the way it was written, was like a little story about nothing that mm-hmm. was funny and it's absurdity. You know? So it was like each one was like – and the employee attitudes totally sucked. <laughs> like, damn, no one was worried. No, we ain't got crap in here. Go ahead. I got 20 bucks, kiddo. Go ahead. <laughs> that, that was my biggest favorite part of, like, the nod towards, like, we respect everybody that has thankless jobs because, one, we've experienced it before, and, two, it's not worth risking your life for the amount of cash that's in the cash register. This is just my day job. I don't care. You know what I mean? And Who's the like, insult, because he was like, that's the worst insult you could tell anybody. I, I, I was dying, you know, with the, the b-hole. I was like, oh, my God, here we go. <laughs> Whose idea was it to put the hall total in the panel for each yeah. of the separate robberies? Because that was pretty funny as well. That, that was, was like, me. I, I thought it was important to see how much he was he was getting. And I thought he would, you know, even though he wouldn't have obviously had time to count it after each, each store he robbed, I thought it was important to kind of, you know, show the reader how much he was how much he was getting and just as another like like i said we're just we're constantly looking to see how many jokes and little extra things we can pack in you know we 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 really wanted to make sure the reader felt like they got their money's worth with every issue uh, they will. um so every uh, issue is just packed with stuff you know to, to to sort of look at so hopefully you can read it once twice three times and, and kind of pick up on new things every time and as them said, I, I did. I noticed that too, and I found it funny. And it took me back to the spawn days, where, you know, with the life cycles. Uh, but instead mm-hmm. of the life cycles, like this is the cheddar cycle. How much money am I scooping <laughs> over here? Which is great and funny. Uh, I really dug that. Yes. And and then obviously the the flip, 
because you know we're thinking it is a high book and boy the things turn around as we start getting towards the end like oh no what is going on here some psycho crazy stuff is about to pop off with issue two let me tell you you guys have created an amazing setup with issue one and how many issues is this going to run you know is this going to be ongoing is it a limited series what man because i need to be dropping that money like it's like i'm at a strip club like i need this book well <laughs> it, and i i will say for both of you too it's like i i you know having read comics and books and everything else for so many years i've become a little jaded i could see a lot of things coming from a mile away you know and then suddenly the turn comes and i didn't see that coming at all and then suddenly with liana's artwork it became ominous you know suddenly these these guys that were like uh i can't think of the word banal you know these these banal yeah. banal characters suddenly become insidious and i was just like well now now i gotta know what's going on you know and too it was just out of nowhere so kudos to you on that one it's like like i said usually i see stuff coming and i didn't see that one coming so that was cool yeah, so, that was so how cool. intentful was that direction that you took with this issue one you know this longer platform you know from from a five page you know story in an anthology to now a full book the the issues have actually changed. So originally we released it as a four issue digital and now with IDW, it's a five issue printed, which Ooh. is great um, because we got to add a, a lot of extra content. Um, but it was even more fun to uh, shape how each of the uh, new, you know, page ends would be. Um, and Scott did a phenomenal job at that. Uh, you know, we love a good cliffhanger. That's why you got to go the next month to get it. You know what yeah. I mean? Other, you got to keep them coming. Yeah, it was, it, it, well done. It, it was four issues originally, but when I when I talked about we wanted to do the book just like we wanted to do it, it meant that in the digital version, the issues were really weird lengths. Like the the mm -hmm. the third issue was like twenty eight pages, and the fourth issue was like forty one pages. Like a very strange. Oh like wow! Really okay. weird lengths, right? So uh, our editor at IDW, Chase, who's a genius, said. Hey, you know, why don't you break it into five issues, right? So we can have a more consistent page count and it can, the price won't have to Printing, fluctuate. Yeah. Um, and I said, no, you can't do that because they're, the, it'll mess the whole thing up. You can't, it's got to be like this. And he's like, okay, okay. And he mentioned it again later. And I was like, no, 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 I completely dismissed it because, you know, I know best, right? And then, and he and mentioned then after, it again. After a, after a month, he just sent me and he, he sent us an email. I was like, what if you broke it here and here? And I was like, well, let me look. And I looked and I was like, oh, man. What a genius. genius. Right? So, yeah. But the, the, the result was that we ended up with some uneven issue. Like if we wanted each issue to be uh, 22 pages, we ended up with like an 18, a 14, you know, whatever. So we had a bunch of space to, to fill and we didn't fill the space, but we, I mean, we did fill the space, but we did it by, um, there were a few transitions I never liked. I was like, let's fix these transitions. There are a few scenes I wanted to linger on for an extra page. So we did that. There was a scene we had always talked about doing that. We had just never put in the original book that we just didn't, we just didn't do it. And we never oh, found it. So that's going to be it. an exclusive scene in the IDW. So there's, oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's a new oh. scene. There's a new Woo. scene in issue two that wasn't in the original. Um, every issue, every issue except the first one has new, every issue except the first one has new pages that nobody's seen. Um, yeah. But every issue has some some changes, whether it's dialogue, whether it's um, correct, whether it's corrections. Uh, Leon actually redrew stuff. a couple of pages entirely, you know, where I was like, oh, hey, wow. can you just fix these figures? Like, I just want to I just want to fix these figures here just to, to do this. And she's like, OK, and then just redrew the whole page, you know. So um, so there's a lot, you know, if you're familiar with it already, there's a lot of, of stuff that will be new. But it was fun that, you know, we were able to really go back and in terms of like the cliffhangers, you know, the first one always ended in the same place, but some of the later issues now end at a different place. So it was really important to me. Okay. How are we going to make this have the right punch? Like as if this was the original ending, you know, uh, which meant in a few places we had to add a page before it to like really make the transition work or whatever. But um, it was always things that make the book better as a whole, not just us putting some duct tape over something. Right. So I, the, I mean, we spent an entire Saturday for like seven hours almost discussing and like oh, wow. being very meticulous about planning. Yeah. We went through, was, we went you through, lasted uh, longer that Saturday than you did on the 24 hour comic thing. There's, <laughs> there's, money, there's money involved now. So. <laughs> ah, I ain't sleeping now, kiddo. <laughs> is, now is, is true cult like a self-contained 
series. Okay, so it's five like five dope, issue miniseries. Five yeah. issues is that's yeah. that's it. We got our it. story. Cool. Yeah, you get the whole now, you, you get the whole story. So do you guys have something else that you want to work on together after this, or or what is your what do you, what do you have going forward? What is your plan? Can you? Because you guys make a hell of a team. Can, that's why can, we, we need yeah. to know. Can you wet our appetites a little bit? Well, you know, before we even finished True Cult, we were already saying like, yeah. we're gonna do something else together. It was not even a question. I literally yeah. was like, we're gonna be the next Brubaker Phillips. I'm calling it right now. Like, oh, there we go! Hell yeah, Giants, cool. legends, kiddo. Hell yeah! But yeah, then I was <laughs> not like, to put ourselves on a giant platform like but, that. But, right, yeah. but then I, then I was like, oh, well, I have I have like I have like two, you know, I have two ideas we could do, and she's like, okay, we'll do both of those, and then she's like. I have an idea. Let's talk about that. And we talked about, I was like, okay, so that's the next thing we're going to do. Right. Which is completely different from true cult. Um, other than it's from us, you know? Um, so we're, we're, we're working on that. Um, and you know, we'll, we'll just see, you know, we'll have more to announce there when, when we have something, you know, to show. So. Mm -hmm. And as you can see, Andrew R is already requesting, yo, we need volume two. (laughs) What's popping? (laughs) Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's in the, in the, I, I wrote, in the back of each IDW issue, I wrote a little thing, sort of a next issue blurb. And in the last issue, Drew, I do address True Cult 2 oh. as, as a really stupid idea. Is so. it subtitled Revenge of Burger Lord by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, no. It may be, you know, the, the Sandwich Lord, you know. And throw yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 You gotta give me a Sandwich Lord, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so great you guys are amazing i love the energy i love the book and, and you know thank you so much for even talking to us today about this you know because again congrats on having a successful kickstarter and Absolutely. having you know publishers just be like yo bring it here bring it here i mean it must have felt so good to have Absolutely. so many people reach out especially publishers like yo wait a minute yeah. i want this on my platform i mean ju- just before we finish how did you feel as creators to have such excitement you know uh, coming from that publishing perspective oh unreal uh they've been the most supportive it's especially at san diego they were so supportive of of true cult and through me my own signing uh with like special edition lithographs and sorry i'm answering for us uh no but it was my second san diego and it's just my the first time uh, doing a big production, like signing gotcha, multiple nice. times with IDW. So it was, it was incredible. And they really care about the series and mm. the fans. Uh, there were a lot of fans too. So. Oh, um, uh, yeah. I agree 100 because shout out to Laura as well. She, Yo, Al, you guys got to talk to these people. Yeah. You, know, you know, reference info. <laughs> now, now the last question Amazing. I'd have for both of you, I mean, you're both established in the industry. You've worked you know, in the traditional industry, and, and you also did Kickstarter with the pandemic and everything. What do you think about the industry and Kickstarter and, and crowdfunding and versus traditional? Is it is there room for both? Is it going to be a crossover like you guys are doing? What, what are your thoughts on that? Because I know that a lot of our readers are interested in that because they're purchasing. A lot of people out there who want to develop comics are interested in that because they want to get into it. So I'm sure they'd love to hear what you think. I think the I think the I think the biggest hurdle Kickstarter has in terms of print comics is the is the price point, right? Because you you end up paying with shipping, you end up paying fifteen dollars for like a twenty two page comic, right? If you're into digital, the, the there's a lot more you know you have a lot there's a lot more flexibility there. But I think it's not really about the money in that sense. It's about people wanting to support creators. Right. So, you know, I'll create, I'll, I'll, I'll back something. Right. And I'm, you know, like, uh, yeah, if this was on the shelf at a comic shop, there's no way I would pay $15 for this, but it's, it's, it's more than that now. Right. This is to, to help something, you know, become, uh, um, a reality, you know, I think, I think Kickstarter is, is great for comics. Um, I think it really gives a lot of people an opportunity that wouldn't have been there before. Um, it really, it, 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 it was huge for us. It got us so much exposure, um, for this book. And obviously it led directly to us signing with IDW to do the book and then building a relationship with them. And, you know, um, I definitely think there's a place for both. I think, I think there's a lot of interest in creator owned books now. Um, not just Marvel and DC. And even you see a lot of the biggest creators at those companies 
leaving to go do creator on books, you know? So, um, there's, there's, of course, it's your IP you wind up ha- owning instead of being raped if it comes into a movie, you know, excuse that word, but that's what happens. You know, the, the, the yep. big two just don't take care of creators as they should. They right. play games, which is not fair, and allowing right. you to have actually your own IP. Now, guess what? Who's in, who's in the driver's seat now, kiddo? Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, the cool thing is, you know, I got more. I got more followers on Twitter for the Batman story I did with John Paul Leon. I got like 200 and a legend Jeez. day or two. Right. And like, I wouldn't get that many when true cult the, since we launched it. Right. So, um, th- that's the real advantage of, of the work for higher stuff is that you can really build a big audience. You know, you have the potential to build a big audience, right? Whereas if you're just strictly going on your creator on stuff, it is a real grind. It gets you visibility with people who might not, see it otherwise Um, and i think i think it i think it also gives it a it gives you a certain level of like professional like it looks like oh this guy wrote batman but now he's doing this kickstarter thing right like i think it just gives you a little you know it it, excellent someone else else has paid you (laughs) to write their characters right so um there's definitely a place for there's definitely a place for both um for sure. And, you know, some, there's always some really cool stuff happening on, on Kickstarter, you know? So I, what about Juliana? Yeah. As an artist, come well, from that perspective. as an artist, I'm like, I've been a collector too, uh, for a long time, spe- specifically direct market. But, um, when I, when I was in college and, you know, older, I started getting like more graphic novels and things like that. And I think that there is space. I think that the crowdfunding scope, is totally different from direct market and, uh, you know, comic shop type single issue things. It's totally different really. And honestly, so is book market, but I think that it's a symbiotic relationship, uh, for those that are, you know, doing their best and reaching out to their, uh, you know, communities and creating like very authentic connections with these people who are backing the book, like Scott said, like, They'll spend the money because they want to support you, not necessarily buy that merchandise item. But when you go into a comic shop, you're buying a merchandise item. You're not, I mean, obviously, you know, your creators that you like or anything, but typically most people, uh, aside from Wednesday Warriors, having had worked at a comic shop, people just walk into shop. It's retail. So it's completely different. It's a totally different scope. And I think that both are doing so well. And I think it's great that some of these series are getting hundreds of thousands of dollars funded and, you know, maybe Penguin Random House picks them up or whatever, like yes, whether yeah. it be a comic publisher who we know and love, or if it's a book publisher or whatever, I think it's just hopefully great that it's going to uplift and like honestly regenerate and rejuvenize our direct market because it suffered through the pandemic and so did comic shops and we need it to come back up. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm very happy. I just moved to Brooklyn yeah. and I discovered there's two new shops yeah. around my way. So yeah. I was like, That's yeah, I, I met one of them yesterday. Then my other boy said, wait a minute, you know, there's another one. I said, what? Don't blow my mind. I got to go tomorrow. <laughs> I, I do think it's fair to say, though, for Kickstarter, you know, and kudos to you guys. You had offers from these other companies, but you got to honor your Kickstarter backers yeah. and, and deliver, you know, not to. To pick on anybody that Al wants to go after. Oh God, don't do that to me. I've been waiting ten. I've been waiting what is ten years for one Kickstarter book to come my way. You know, they say, "Oh, you want a refund?" I'm like, "No." If I'm waiting this long, yeah. I better get this book. And it, it better we, be outlined and goes the sun. I was, I was really, uh, I really dragged my feet on the Kickstarter thing because I was like, "Well, if we can't send people their book like a month after it ends, like I don't want to do it." You know, like I was very like concerned about that and. Uh, Leon, I was like, it'll be fine. Don't worry. We got this. Like, I'm people. great with customer service. Yeah. So hey, we, we, we knew time. it wasn't, we knew it would never be an issue where we, we didn't, we were unable. But to it's a valid concern Absolutely. for those of us who don't get items. Like I've been lucky in that the 50 or whatever that I've backed, I've received everything probably. But again, I do it more so because I'm just like, I like the idea. I like the creator. Yeah. I want I'll, this to succeed for you. I've only yeah. had that one problem. Yeah. Only that one person has I, been. I, I will actually back them. <laughs> I will actually back them and forget about it immediately. Yeah, and, uh, Eight too. months later, something shows my mailbox. I'm like, what's Sweet. this? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay, for cool. this. Cool. I literally <laughs> just got one of those yesterday. I think yeah. it was, uh, you know, one of those uh, Jim Mulvey yeah. books or whatever. Listen, hey, we, when I get my book after 10 years, I, I think I'm going to throw a blog party. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, we should we should shout out the the amazing variant cover artists we have too. Um, I don't Shout think we mentioned, we mentioned them, but uh, Maria Yvette, I think is how you say her last name, um, it did a variant cover for all five issues. Um, issue one so also has a variant cover by Fabian Lillet. And uh, all five issues have a IDW direct-to-consumer exclusive cover. You can only get it by ordering from IDW. Ooh, uh, I, cool. So, yeah. Uh, they are connecting covers that tell a story. Uh, mm. Liana drew them. I wrote them. So it is, it is a, it's pretty cool. We were like, we're, we, we were, we spent, I don't know, a couple hours on the phone one day trying to figure out who, 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 what to do for the, for the IDW exclusive cover. Um, and, and we were going through names. We were both going through our comic shelves. We're trying to figure out who we could ask. We were like, Oh, man, what about this person? Oh, they're too busy. Oh, they, they can't do it. You know, or like, Oh, I really like this person, but are they going to really sell? Co- like, are people going to buy it? You know, we're just, we're going on. And, and then I just went, Oh, you know what? You should just draw it. Like you draw it. I, I did like, have this- that Star Wars one that dropped. And that was, I think the validation that I was like, okay. Yeah, it sold out sure. really fast, right? We a can do that. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, so yeah, so we it's 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 connecting covers, and the it's actually cool. an inf- it's an infinite connecting cover because the fifth cover connects to the first cover. So oh, just, you so get you, the 3D angle. Oh my god, you got to buy you got to buy a lot of copies. Yeah. Well, now now you got to tell IDW they've got to put out a lithograph print with all five covers on the print next to each other telling the story. Yes. Yeah. Hey, That's a good idea. Yeah. 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 Have you seen email. the Nightwing yeah. comic yeah. that opens up and it actually shows all the panel work and it's just the movement of the progression of Nightwing and it's all 22 pages, but just done. Like, yeah. yo, spread this out. I mean, it was it was a long spread, but yeah. yo, I would love to put something like that on a wall. Like, yo, check this out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. no, it's, it's cool, so. Let's get it done, bro. Yeah. <laughs> It's a great this idea. is great, guys. You have been amazing. I want to take too much yeah. more for your time because you guys have got to start working on the next True Cult Volume Two or, <laughs> or whatever was is popping because you guys are an amazing, amazing creative team. Thank you. Know, you. Flowers time. You guys rule. You guys will be future legends because this book had me going through things, had me smiling, had me laughing, and then got me hooked like a fish. I need issue two, three, four, five right now. And I need more of this awesome universe. Let me tell you. Although I, it has not, I'm not flip burgers. I don't want to do that because if somebody talks to me like that, <laughs> that book would have been very different. <laughs> but I'm digging it. So my people that is peeping in, I will peep it afterwards. This is what you got to do. All right. I want you to follow Liana on her website at lianakangas.com. All right. Everything is in the details on the bottom. So you can click away all you want. All right. Please follow her on Twitter as well. Liana Kangas. All right. Then you got Scott. Scott. BrianWilson.com as well. Check out his website. And of course, you can follow him on the Twitter at Scott B.R. Wilson and IG at Scott Brian Wilson, full name. But most importantly, go to your local comic shop right now. Go to a web, go to IDW's website because this book is dropping on the 16th of August. All right. So get it done, yo. For real. Support to LCS if they got it, but you know, get that, that IDW exclusive too. That sounds really cool. Woo! Yes, yes, yeah. yes. All right, tell, so, the, tell them you want that five issue lithograph. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's a great Let's idea. Let's campaign that. for that. Let's campaign yeah. for that one. You know, so this is great, guys. Thank you so much for your time. We're humbled and honored that you had the, you know, the time to chat with us about the greatness of this book. You know, again, you've already made me into a big fan. So Thank you. Oh, last question here, actually, before we go, will you guys be doing any other cons this year where we could actually meet you and get some signed copies of this baby? Uh, Scott and I will be at Emerald City Comic Con in two weeks from the day, today. The day after issue one yeah. comes out. We will be so there. we will have a huge surprise at both of our booths. We are actually uh, sitting next to each other, H12 and H13 mm-hmm. in nice. Artist Alley. Um, and I why not booth 666? No. I know. <laughs> um, so we'll have tons of cool stuff there, and I'm also a guest at Dragon Con this year, uh, oh, awesome. as well as um, Thought Bubble in the UK. Oh, you're traveling too. My boy Johnny Hughes loves that show, so maybe you're gonna meet one of my crusaders out there too. It's gonna be awesome. Very cool. Very yeah, cool. I'll, I'll be at, I'll be at, I'll be at New York Comic Con in Artist Alley. I don't know my booth number yet, but I will be oh. at New York Comic Con this year. So I will. 
I will meet you then, that means, because I'm going to NYCC, so I'll make love sure it. this uh, pass by. It. When you hear the loudest Puerto Rican on the floor, that's going to be me. Don't hey, worry, I love it. Right? I look forward to it. Yeah. When you hear Wepa from far away, Al's here. Damn <laughs> <laughs> All right. But again, folks, click everything below on the channel. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Nem, for, for, for chit-chatting Always, too brother. and hanging out, brother. You guys rock. Folks, you know what to do. Check out everything Comic Crusaders at ComicCrusaders.com. Follow us on all the socials at ComicCrusaders.com, all right? You know what to do. And with that, it's Al Mega with Mr. Nemesis, Leanna Kangas, and Scott B. Wilson. Hasta la próxima. Much love. Wepa! Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCapes.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today.